Do we have our Bibles today? All right, let's grab them. Let's go to the app, whatever, however you get to God's Word. But uh, let's, let's go to Psalm 139. I am continuing the, the series that we began last week entitled, I'm In. And we're playing on that word, in, and we're uh, talking about what... Uh, we are entitled to as children of God. We are talking about what the word has to say about us as children of the Lord. And last week, we uh, shared a message entitled, I'm invited, how we are invited to be a part of the family of God. Uh, Today, I want to share the next message in this, and that's this. Not only am I invited, but I am invaluable. I'm invaluable to the Lord. Uh, I believe that there are plenty of things that try to whittle away at our identity and in our culture now as to who we really are in Christ Jesus. And this comes up in the body of Christ many times. And I don't believe that the Lord is... Uh, is pleased with that. I, I think it's important for us to know what our identity is in Jesus Christ. I should say that again. It's important that we know what our identity truly is in Jesus Christ. Because our culture will say, I have to look this way and I have to act this way. Uh, when, uh, when Jonathan went to a, a, a talent showcase in Hollywood, California, it was very interesting to talk to talent agents because they had a very specific definition of what the look was, okay? And if you were a, a white guy, well, forget it, okay? That, that's not you. If you looked a little foreign, like Jonathan does, uh, it's like, hmm, but is he tall enough? Remember this one time? We went to a, we went to an agent one time. It was like open interviews. We went to The guy wouldn't even talk to, to us. He looked at Jonathan and said, nope, nope, not tall enough. Next. I thought, ooh, okay. Well, that was very kind. Thank you very much. I saw one kid, uh, one agent was just so, I mean, she was brutal with the guy. She was like, Oh, you are it's just some other white guy who thinks he's handsome than the other, and I have no time for you. I thought, well, that, that's great for his self-esteem. That's just wonderful. But that's kind of how our culture is. Our culture is rather cutthroat, and they have a specific idea of what value is. And I will tell you that our value is not based on how we look, how we perform, Uh, how we are (laughs) received or not received on social media. It has nothing to do with that. Our value is actually defined in God's word. And that's what I want to uncover here today. Because I want to speak to the person today that maybe feels like their value is based on something else. Or you've heard so many people bring you down because they felt like you weren't talented enough. And I'm not trying to open up an old wound here, okay? But how many of you know, some of us, we can carry that stuff with us for years if we're not careful. And we can place a a thought in our mind that our value is based on something totally different than what Jesus sees as value. 
But I'm here to tell you, you are invaluable today, regardless of your age, regardless of your skills, regardless of your social demographic, whatever it is, you are valuable. And I want to show you from the Word of God even more what that says. If you're able to, will you stand with me and honor God's Word as we read this together? We're in Psalm 139, and we're going to start in verse 13. If you're there, say amen. If you don't have the scriptures, they'll be on the screen here behind me. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. And when I awake, I am still with you. God, I pray that you would remind us today of who we are in your eyes. Because God, that is truly what really matters. So speak to us, I pray, through your word. Change us, I pray. And we'll thank you for all you do. In Jesus' name, and we all said amen. 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 You may be seated. Now, here's what I'm not trying to do, okay? I'm not trying to puff up your ego. I'm not trying to give you a self-help, feel-good message. That's not what I'm trying to do at all. What I'm trying to do is equip you to understand that your value is defined by the word of God. Your value is defined by what Jesus says, and that's it. And we can go off one way or the other. We could think that our value is so bad or, or so low because of the fact that we don't measure up to somebody else or we don't have the talents that somebody else has. Then on the other side, if we're not careful, we, we could get really, and this can happen in the church, hello, uh, we can get really arrogant and we can get a little bit prideful and a little bit conceited because we have this false humility of thinking that our value is determined by how much better we are than somebody else. You know what humility is? Humility is not who you are compared to someone else. That's false humility, both ways. That's false humility. True humility is knowing who you are compared to Jesus. That's humility. That's humility. But today I want you to know that you, according to the Word of God, you and I are invaluable. I googled the definition of invaluable for you. I uh, got it off the internet, so of course it's true, right? They don't put false stuff on there. And it, it says, extremely useful, indispensable. And then there's some, simil, uh, some synonyms there. Crucial, critical, key, vital, uh, vital, irreplaceable. That's what you are. That's what you are. And I'm going to uncover a few things here that might surprise you as to how valuable you are. Because some of us, immediately when somebody says this, what do we do? We go right to our first flaw. Right? You're valuable. Uh, yeah, but I'm, 
I'm not in good shape. I'm in bad health. I'm, I'm too big. I'm too small. I'm too short. I'm too tall. It's, it's not like a Dr. Seuss book and, and, uh, and not intentional. Uh, and, and value is not found in any of that. So I think it's important for us to know that we are reminded that we are valuable by looking in three areas today, and I want to share those with you. And I hope to keep your Bibles near you because I'm going to go to a number of scriptures here today. Uh, the first scripture will be one that we just read. Uh, what demonstrates our value? Number one, our value is defined at creation. You are not an accident. You're not. No matter what your parents tell you, no matter what your siblings tell you, you are not an accident. God ordained you. God created you. God knew that you were on the way. Look, look again at verse 14. We just read this. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. By the way, Christian, if you could read the opening text that we just read, and still think that abortion is an option at all. You're not woke, you're deceived, is what you are. Okay? You were for, God formed you in the womb. He had a plan for you in the womb. None of us were a bunch of tissue. None of us were, were some accident. No, 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 no. God, before you were born, God knew you. God formed you. God had a plan for you. Can you say amen? That's to all the woke Christians out there. I'm so tired of that phrase. It just drives me crazy. So I read this verse and I read other verses and I realize that I've been created with great care. I've been created with great care. Uh, Max Lucado once said that if God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. <laughs> uh, and again, a lot of us, we get this idea that our value starts getting chipped away by the first fault that we can come up with about ourselves. Okay? And I want to speak to those of you today. Now, I'm not saying that there's room for us to better ourselves. Pastor could lose a few pounds, okay? Pastor could get in much better shape, okay? I will be open with you on that. And (laughs) I've learned that even more since now we're on video and the camera puts on about a thousand pounds. It just seems like, who is that guy? So there's nothing wrong with trying to better ourselves, okay? So, So let me make that clear. But at the same time, some of us, we have been created in such a way that others might think it's a negative. Others might think that one of our qualities or one of those things that we've been born with is something that we're stuck with. Uh, there are medical professionals that are trying to make decisions on abortions based on how they think a child will come out. How, you know, oh, this child might have this syndrome or this health condition, and so it'd be best just to give them better quality of life. Who are we, by the way, to define what quality of life is? God formed you. God made you. Well, I've got this defect. Well, I've got this going on. 
look at look at the screen. The Lord trusts you with how he made you. I'm going to say that again. The Lord trusts you with how he made you. He made me different than you. Some of you should say hallelujah for that. Most of you should say hallelujah for that. But he made my personality and he made my skill set and he made the person that I am. He made me. And there are parts of me that may be way different than others. And my, some people might even see it as, as, as a negative. But the way the Lord made me, he trusts me. He trusts me with how he's made me. Well, you know, I, they, they say I'm on the spectrum. I'm on the autism spectrum. God trusted you. God trusted you. I've had, I've had people say, well, you know, that, 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 you know, maybe we just need to pray deliverance. <clears throat> Come on. God made you that way. He made you this way. Some of us are a little OCD. Right? I mean, some of us, wow. I mean, if... See, even doing this, some of you know where I'm going, right? <laughs> right, right, right? Because, like, if you've got, like, four items, you know, and one of them is just not right, they're not in line, just... <sighs> some of you are like, knock them all down. <laughs> you don't care. You don't care. God trusts all of us with that. This is kind of what makes us the body of Christ. Wouldn't you agree? So the Lord does not necessarily have issues with how he created you. God does not offer refunds for broken material. He, he does not offer a... a uh, a money-back guarantee if you didn't just come out right like somebody else. God trusts you with how he made you. God made you the way that you are. I had a pastor one time, he was talking to me, he was so mad. He, I mean, he was mad. And he was like, how come, how come some of these guys get these big churches? And I get a bunch of small churches. I've never had a big church. And, you know, I, I could have could have answered maybe in a different way, but, but the, the Lord kind of stopped me, and this is what came out. And I said, uh, let's say his name is Bill. It's not. I, I said, Bill, perhaps, perhaps the guys that pastor the large churches would not be able to pastor a church your size. Have you thought about that? Maybe God has put you in that place where he never wanted you to be a megachurch guy, but he knew exactly who you needed to minister every single Sunday. That liberated him. That freed him up. That anger was gone, and it dawned on him, I am right where I need to be in my life. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. This kind of speaks to that. 
It says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You are God's handiwork. You are God's masterpiece. So there is not one accident watching me here today. Not one. There is, there is nobody here that is second class in God's eyes. You are God's handiwork. But let's not stop there. The Lord created you with a purpose in mind. He made you, created you, formed you for a purpose. We are God's workmanship. We are created to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You were created with a plan. God never says whoops. Never. Especially with you. So we can find just how invaluable we are. We, we can find how irreplaceable we are by looking at creation and how he created us. Secondly, let's not forget that we can find our value not only at creation, but also on the cross. On the cross. See, certainly you were created with unique gifts and designs for this point in history, this point in time. And God had that purpose all planned out. But, but how many of you know we live in a sin-sick world? We, we, we live in a world that is dark. We live in a world where man cannot, no matter how much anybody says it, man cannot save themselves. We need a Savior. The Bible tells us that all of us have sinned and we've come short of the glory of God. And the wages and what we deserve for that sin is death. But then I read Romans 5.8. It says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners... Christ died for us. See, the wages of sin is death, but is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, I'm looking at people here. There are people watching me online right now that, that you'll say, Well, I, I've got a past. I've made some mistakes. First of all, join the club. All of us, all of us are in need of a Savior. All of us have made mistakes. We have sinned. We have disobeyed. Every single one of us. But I want to, and in fact, those of you who follow us on social media, you'll see this on social media later today. Your past doesn't disqualify you. It prepares you. Well, I've done this and I've done this and I've done this. Do you think that God says, wow, I don't know what to do with you now. I know I created the universe, but boy, you've got, uh, I I got nothing. No. And some of us think that we have so much baggage that we could not 
possibly be used in the kingdom of God. And, and, and God says, you know what? <laughs> I sent my son to die for you. And so I am not thrown off by your past. My son went to the cross because of your past sins, your present sins, your future sins. His going to the cross, his motivation for dying on the cross was his amazing love for me. And if you've made some mistakes, understand that does not disqualify you from the love of God. That does not knock down your value whatsoever. I bought some golf balls for my, uh, for my son and me. Uh, and, and there's a website that Stan told me about. I'm not kidding. It literally is lostgolfballs.com. Okay. Because I'm way too cheap to buy golf balls brand new. I'm just going to tell you right now. It's like, you know, kidney? Sure. Okay, I'll take a dozen golf balls. And, and what, what's funny is that they, uh, they have different grades for used golf balls. <laughs> They've got mint condition, near mint condition, refurbished condition, and good condition. And the price fluctuates based on those conditions. We, of course, uh, we get the good because we're, we're, we're cheap. <laughs> and I'm a terrible golfer, so it doesn't feel so bad when they go in the water. Um, you think I'm joking. Um, and you know what? A lot of us think that we're that refurbished in God's eyes. Well, you know, I mean, I know he's forgiven me, but... You know, I've, I've got some scars. I've got some, I've got some bruises. I've got some dings. Uh, I've been marked up before, so I, I, I couldn't be very pristine as far as what I can offer to the Lord. Some of us think that we're not even refurbished. Some, some of us think, well, I, all I am is the good. I mean, I, I'm barely making it to heaven. I have messed up so bad. I, have, I, I used to be in addiction. I, uh, you know, terrible relationships. I did this, made these awful choices. Let me tell you something. Under the blood of Jesus, there is no refurbished. Under the blood of Jesus, there is no good. There is no near mint. Jesus makes everything new again. He takes the damaged and he not only repairs it, he restores it. And not only does he restore it, but he brings new life like it never even happened. But you might say, you know what? I've got some scars, pastor. I've got some scars. Let me just say that God does not waste any experience in your life. I got my share of scars. I've had a lot of surgeries in my life, knee surgeries, other, it just, it, it's another sermon. But each of the, each of those scars, you know what they are? They, uh, they're a reminder to me that in some cases I could have died. Some cases I couldn't, I wouldn't have been able to walk correctly. But I see those scars and I see how I've come from those hurtful moments You've got some scars in your life, in your body, in your life, in your heart, in your spirit. Let me tell you, let those scars be a reminder that Jesus is still faithful. He died for you. He's in control still. 1 John chapter 4, verse 10. This is love. 
not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Are you valuable? You better believe you are. And never forget this. Never forget this, that Jesus believes that you were worth dying for. That's your worth. That's your value. I've got people in my life that I would take a bullet for. Then there's people in my life I think, hmm. <laughs> Duck! You know. I'm not going to jump in front of that. It's like, okay, yeah. But every single one of us, God is not saying, nah, I got other children of God. I've got other followers. You are significant to him. And so significant that Jesus died for you. Our value is found not just at creation and not just on the cross, but our value finally is also found in the church. In the church. Oh, pastor, I've been hurt in the church. Welcome. We all have. I mean, not me. I'm the pastor. No, no even the pastor gets hurt. Every one of us. But there's something about this dynamic that actually shows our value. And let me just tell you, your value is not how much you put in the offering plate. If any of you think that, you are sorely mistaken. I could care less how much you put in the offering plate. I could care less what that amount is. That's between you and God. Your value is not determined by what's on the check. Oh my goodness. Your value is determined way more significantly than that. And Paul addresses this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Take a look at this. Paul says, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all of its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, We are all given the one spirit to drink. And even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong in the body. It would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the ear would say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong in the body. It would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. 
Well, our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. So there should be no division in the body. I'll read that again. There should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal, equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part's honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ. And each of you is a part of it. This will also be on social media later today. You are an invaluable part of the body of Christ. Pastor, how can you say that? I can't get in front of crowds. I can't sing. Oh, You're missing it. Let me illustrate it this way with my hand. Okay? Our hands, most of our hands have five fingers. Okay? And let's be honest, okay? There are some parts of the hand that get a lot more attention than others. The thumb. Hey, remember the fonds? Hey. The pointer finger. Right? Okay. Uh, I saw the next one, the middle one, earlier this week. And, uh, you know, uh, he seemed kind of angry that day. So I just said, hey, keep pointing to Jesus. All right. Then the fourth one, uh, we call that the ring finger, right? Or we put our rings on there, our wedding rings on there, and then there's the pinky. Not much is said about the pinky. You know? Thumb! Yes, but pinky. Did you know, you ready for this? Did you know that 50% of your hand's strength actually comes from your pinky. <laughs> the finger that nobody even talks about. The finger that doesn't get any attention. I mean, if we were to ask, okay, you got to lose one finger, what's it going to be? A lot of us would automatically say, oh, the pinky. You know, I got to wear my rings. But... Half of your hand's strength is found in this little finger. Can I speak? <laughs> I was going to say, can I speak to the pinkies in the room here today? <laughs> so let me rephrase. Um, can I speak to the people that you may not get all the attention? You may not get recognized for what you do. Nobody may see what you contribute to the kingdom of God, whether that be with your time, your talent, your treasure. But it's people like you that make up for half of our church's strength. You think this church is built around some preacher who's who's points start with the same letter every week? Yeah, really? You know what makes church happen? 
it, it's, it's the little fingers. It's, it's the ones that do things that nobody else sees. It's the ones that greet people. It, it's the ones that tell people, I'm so glad you're here. It's the ones that pray for people without even being instructed to do so. It's the ones that are encouraging people who are showing love to somebody when I don't have to say, please, would somebody love somebody around here? I don't have to do that here. You are the ones that are invaluable to the body of Christ. Every part of the body matters. Well, I can't sing. So what? So what? You still matter. I can't, I can't get in front of people. Fine. <laughs> I was going to say good. We don't need any more. We're good. What we need are not celebrities. We need servants. And, and, and it's these unnamed servants that show the value of this church. You have, and I've said this before, it's been a while, but I could tell you that when a guest has come and they've given me feedback about our church, uh, rarely, very rarely is that feedback, oh, pastor, what a dazzling sermon, I'll be back. Now it should be. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It really shouldn't be. Okay. Do you know what I get? You know what I get? I get, I was so loved. Your church is so welcoming. You, you made me feel welcome. And I get these horror stories from other churches that, you know, people don't even get talked to. And I'm like, what I, I don't get that. But it's, it's, it's those conversations where you're not in a committee and, and you don't sign up to, to be nice. Aren't you glad we don't have to sign up to be nice? Uh, we, we just welcome, we love people, we show people the love of Christ. Do, do, do you get this? You see, your value, some of us don't even understand our value. Some of us don't even understand that somebody else is sitting in one of these seats because of that little thing that you did that maybe nobody else saw. Every part of the body matters. Your part, your role, your presence, your voice, even your opinion, your contribution. It all matters to the family of God. That's what makes this church special. Now, we have just come through a really crazy time in our country where a lot of us pastors have all of a sudden had to become televangelists all of a sudden, you know, and not a white suit to be found. And (laughs) that was a lot funnier than what you gave me credit for there. (laughs) And, And so people... People have thankfully been able to join in online. And I will tell you currently, right now we have people from other states, other time zones that are watching us right now. And I thank the Lord for that. We have people here locally that because of health concerns, they feel they cannot be here just yet. And we understand that. So what I'm about to say does not apply to either. 
<laughs> okay? Online is not a substitute for this dynamic here. It's an alternative, but it's not a substitute. You know, ah, I don't feel like it. I'll catch him online. Okay, then, then, then I fear that we have, we have failed you. Because we're not here to put on a show. We're not here to give you a presentation. Now, again, I'm not talking to those who cannot come because of health concerns or <laughs> it'd be quite a commute from California, okay? Okay, but I'm speaking, especially now that things have opened up, okay? Because my fear now, and I'm not the only pastor that <laughs> is, is fearing this, my fear is that we have made our culture so comfortable with not coming to church that they miss church without missing church. And that's, that's not how it's supposed to be. And, and I have never worked harder in my life than the last year and a half trying to do this hybrid thing where I want to make sure that people that can't make it who join us online or people who are out of town or out of state who join us online can, can have somewhat of the same dynamic that we can have here and that they are a part of this congregation. But I want to tell you that this needs to be a priority. So if we can make it, you love me still? You hear me? If we can make it, we got to get here. Why? Why? Because you're invaluable. We, we need you. Oh, they don't need me. They wouldn't even miss. Wrong. Stop believing that lie. We need you. We, we, we need your love. We need your prayer. We, we need whatever you contribute. We, we, we need that. We need that. Could it be that somebody is, has been placed in this building on a particular Sunday for you to show the love of Christ to? And that for you to just, nah, I think I'll just sleep in. Okay? And again, I'm going to say it again. I'm not speaking to those who are not healthy, who have some health concern. Okay? So... Get off, the, get off the offense train there, okay? What I'm saying is that we as the body of Christ, we need to understand that our value is not only demonstrated by what Jesus did and does for us, but our value is also shown by what we do for one another. You are the body of Christ. Think of that. You are the body of Christ. And if you think that your contribution is so small, that you cannot possibly be significant in this place, you need to understand that you are sadly mistaken. And that little contribution that you think goes unnoticed, and that little thing that you do that maybe nobody else sees, that very well could be 50% of the strength of the whole thing. You're invaluable. You're invaluable. And don't you ever let the enemy try to convince you otherwise. You are invaluable. Regardless of what you do. Regardless of how you contribute. Every time you give, and it may not be much, your gift matters. Every time you pray, 
(laughs) You may not feel like anything happens, but trust me, your prayers touch the heart of God. When you lay hands on somebody and you pray with them, do, do, you, do you not understand how powerful that moment is? It's not just a formality. We're touching heaven together. We're, we're, we're living out that verse where two or three are gathered and agree on anything in his name. He'll do it. That, that, that's what we're doing right there. You matter. Your prayers matter. Every time we gather to worship, every time you gather here to worship, you may not even feel like it that Sunday. But believe me, it matters to the heart of God. And it matters to be with others in this family because every part of this body needs the other part. Even if one part's not working real well, we still need the other parts. So here's my prayer. I pray that the Lord would give us faith today to first of all know that he uniquely created each and every one of us. There is no reject in this room. We're irreplaceable. We're valuable because not only do we belong to God, but we're valuable because we belong to a body and we represent that to a sin-sick world. Can I remind you? The world will know that we are his followers, not by our t-shirts, not by our slogans, by our love for one another. That's fostered when we see how valuable we are to each other in the body of Christ. Oh, pastor, all I can do is pray. (laughs) All you can do. Thank you. When people tell me they're praying for me, do you know know what that does for this pastor? Man, life gets messy for me sometimes. Ministry gets tough. And to know that I got people praying for me, oh my goodness, that's better. That's better than anything you could tell me. You are invaluable. Amen. Will you stand with me? Jonathan, can you help me on the guitar? This morning, I I just want to give you a chance to really soak in just how valuable you are to him and to each other. Pastor, I don't know if I have much to offer. (laughs) Your value really isn't in what you offer. Your value was really determined by what was offered for you. So this morning, I want to pray for you. And I want every person under the sound of my voice to walk out those doors or when you log off today, I want you to realize that you are invaluable because of how God created you. You are invaluable because Jesus went to the cross for you. And you are invaluable in this body. And maybe nobody else notices, but oh, Jesus does. And that's all 
that matters. Will you pray with me? Jesus, I pray that we would grasp this truth today, that we would embrace it, not just grasp it, we would embrace it, that we would know that we are valuable to you. God, for those who think that they are less than perfect, actually, that's all of us, God, but to those of us who think that there's some defect or there's some way that we've been made that is, uh, we're, we're rejects. God, you trust us with the way that you made us. Our personalities, the way that we are. So God, I pray that you would help us to realize that that we are a gift to this world from you. God, I pray that we would recognize that our significance is found on the cross of Jesus Christ. God, that you died for us because you love for us, not out of obligation, not because you had a job to do, but God, you died on the cross for us because we could not save ourselves and you loved us so much, God, that you sent your only begotten son to die for us, that we would have eternal life. And Lord, I pray that we would see just how valuable we are in this church God, our value is not based on our ability. God, our value is based on our availability. So God, I pray that every prayer, every handshake, every hug, every moment would be seen as being used of by you. And so Lord, I pray that we would walk out of this place knowing that we are an invaluable part of the body of Christ and we are invaluable in your eyes and God I thank you for that would you help us to hang on to that truth today Lord for the person who may have someone tried to tell them just the opposite in the next day or so I don't know who that is God but I pray that we would be reminded of what your word says about us so now Lord go with us Go with us, God. And we'll thank you in your name. And we all said amen. Amen. If you need to pray any longer, do so right now. Just spend some time talking to the Lord. If God's released you, you can consider yourself dismissed of fellowship in the lobby. God bless.